2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. You're used to seeing the well-paid face of Steve Wiltfong, 24-7 sports director of recruiting in that spot. As we always discuss, the guy takes a lot of vacations. He's in New York City with his family now, so we had to go into the salary cap for some Texas expertise and Brian Peroni, a longtime expert with 24-7 sports one of the mainstays we've built this whole network on, and we appreciate him coming on short notice and adhering to the time change because he's lucky this isn't going at 10 a.m. Brian, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you uh, having me on. So big week this week for Ohio State. We're going to get into all of the Texas recruiting info. Brian officially runs the Texas A&M site, and is a big guy on that. So we're going to get in some Aaron Nolan chatter later on, and everyone is geek for that but first we will start with our favorite Buckeye of the week and that is James Peoples running back out of San Antonio um there's nothing like boots on the ground I think you know Ohio State lost arguably the top running back in the state Jordan Marshall to Michigan so panic had ensued and Tony Alford came through in a big way by getting a commitment from James Peoples after a visit Take us back to maybe the first time you saw James Peoples. Put him in context with what you think you've seen in Texas. Ohio State has obviously done a lot of good recruiting in Texas. We all remember J.K. Dobbins and such. Tell us what Ohio State's getting and uh, just how psyched we should be. I mean, yeah, you you mentioned, you know, make him sort of sound like a consolation prize. You know, it's not a bad consolation prize to end up with a, you know, a national top 100 guy. Um, you know, Peoples is, you know, sort of like Dobbins and that it's, it's a little bit of a smaller school, not not small school by any means. But I can't remember the last time I covered a kid from Veterans Memorial. He actually might be the first one. But, um, you know, he really started making his name on on the camp scene, going to camps at at Texas and Oklahoma and some other schools really after his sophomore year. And people just say, you know, who, who is this kid? You know, the kid that's jumping out just on the paper and and. People didn't really know a lot about him because, you know, like in San, San Antonio doesn't uh, produce a ton of uh, right. top prospects. Not one of the bigger cities. for. No, they don't. And and when you go to San Antonio, it's really usually a couple of schools that, that people are going. So coaches really had to make that special drive over there to Veterans Memorial. And, you know, people's made him do it. But this past year, I mean, everybody knew he was getting the ball and he still averaged just, I think, just shy of 10 yards of carry. And, you know, helped them make a, a pretty deep playoff run. And really, I mean, it, it, they were a good team, but, you know, you knew that it was going to be him. He ran for 2,000 yards or just shy of 2,000 yards. And, you know, you knew he was getting the ball and still nobody could stop him. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he can catch out of the backfield. I know that, you know, that that was one thing Dobbins was really good at. You know, he's not the same player. I don't want to compare anybody, you know, to a five-star like like Dobbins. But, you know, he's he is similar, has sort of that similar skill set in that. You know, he can do a lot. You can line him up in the slot. You can do a lot of things. So, um, 
you know, I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that's going to, you know, take 30 or 40 carries a game, but you know, he could, I mean, he, he possibly could. I know that's not even really what college football is nowadays. You know, you just don't have those running backs, but um, I think, you know, he's, he's a guy that can, can do it all. He's a three down back. And I think Ohio state fans are really going to like him. Were you surprised that Ohio state was able to go in and pull this off? What kind of interest did he have from the in-state powers, Texas, Texas A&M, or obviously we know Texas is not like a lot of the other states in that, I mean, guys are well-known a little bit earlier, I would say, in Texas than maybe some other states, and the talent is so deep. Imagine at running back, you're, you know, there's several dudes. You said, what do you think pushed him to Ohio State out of the state, or is he just one of those kinds of dudes? I mean, I just I think he really liked Ohio State. It was a little weird. Uh, Texas A&M never offered, uh, didn't even really show a bunch, you know, much interest. And I'm I'm honestly not sure why, other than the fact that I mean, it's a really deep year in the state of Texas for running backs, like real deep. I know uh, Ohio State has offered some others. A&M's really yep. after Taylor Tatum, which is yeah, they had offered Taylor Tatum yeah. to Juan Lacy out yes. of uh, Lancaster. Yeah, so A&M's offered both those, but I know Texas was after uh, people's real hard as you know as were several other of the local schools, but really in the state of Texas, you don't see those kids that have, you know, just want to stay home. There's a few, but not really. I mean, kids seem way more willing to go, to go far. And then, you know, San Antonio sort of central Texas and, you know, uh, Ohio state has, has recruited that well, you know, with Dobbins or with uh, Garrett Wilson, you know, those guys, you know, so, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a pipeline, but they've shown that, you know, kids from that region, can go up to Columbus and thrive and do well. And I think that that probably really helped with people's and obviously getting them on campus, you know, he's on campus and then commits, you know, almost right after he obviously, you know, loved it there. And that's, uh, that's the main thing is, you know, individual kids, but I do think Ohio state is sort of building that, you know, a little bit of, you know, convincing the central Texas, the Austin and San Antonio, you know, small town areas around there that, uh, you know, Hey, look what I've done before you, you know, They've been watching, you know, he's been watching those guys since he was little, you know, just local, local heroes. So it helped for sure. Well, they've done. Well, I mean, it's not surprising because I, I mean, Texas is the stuff of lore when it comes to high school football. But, you know, from Baron Browning to JT Barrett, J.K. Dobbins, Jeffrey Okuda, Garrett Wilson. I mean, mm-hmm. the alumni fund just coming out of that group is just incredible. Um, great guys. All right, let's move on to some other guys that are warm. Again, Ohio State has offered 13 guys in the state, but has focused and I think drilled down on several as we kind of, I don't know, say come down the recruiting stretch here, but things definitely start to congeal for the class of 2024 right about now. The next guy I would like to discuss, Peyton Pierce. Um, Very highly recruited player and has been blowing up recently. Um, He's one of those guys I think that has, I don't know what, maybe it was a camp or something or his tape got out, but it's, I know his recruitment has really picked up across the board. There's been talk of Oklahoma. I know he likes Ohio State a lot and James Laurinaitis. What do you think of him? What type of player is? Where do you think he'll play as a linebacker? That's now kind of a weird position. And the high school linebacker now rarely plays a similar spot in college. Kind of break it down for us if you could. So I think uh, a lot of the the reason that schools love Peyton Pierce is that he is just an old school Mike linebacker. He plays it now. He's not a safety that's going to have to spin down or anything like that. I mean, he lines up in the middle covers from, you know, tackle to tackle. I mean, he'll play sideline to sideline, but, you know, really he comes in and fills uh, the holes and, and just an old school linebacker. And I know Ohio State's been known, known for that. I mean, I'm, uh, 
you know, maybe dating myself, not to your, not to your viewers, but, you know, just watching uh, what cats and more back in the, sure. the back in the day, you know, just like, you know, just, and that's what I think of when I think of Ohio state defense, you know, as a player though, I don't really know why all of a sudden he's becoming so popular uh, because he actually didn't play this past year. He was injured as a junior and missed the season. And I know he's, you know, getting back to full strength. He may actually be back. Um, you know, he's going to play senior year, no problem, but you know, I, I don't uh, I don't know what it is that, you know, schools are all of a sudden just really hard after him. But, you know, most schools have been after him, you know, since he was a freshman. He played at Allen, a powerhouse there. That's oh, where, yeah. You know, Kyler Murray and people went. He played there as a freshman before moving over to Lovejoy, which is next door. And just like I said, just an old school, just throwback line break. He's a wrestler, you know, so that that sort of shows his athleticism and everything. So, yeah, he's a, he's a guy that a lot of schools really covet. You know, like you said, I cover Texas A&M. They would love to have him. They got him on campus recently. But I know Ohio State is the one with the buzz. And I believe he was up in Columbus yeah. as well recently. Um, and they have a lot of buzz. And I know he really likes it up there. So, yeah, I, I mean, when I think of Big Ten football, he's he's like the type of linebacker that I think of. That was a nice review right there. He will fit right in. And like we said, uh, I don't think they brought James Laurinaitis in to get, you know, that's uh, it's helpful to be able to see someone who maybe did it just like you and uh, got it done. All right. The guy who I think they also really want. And like I said, they've had success with corners, Jeffrey Okuda being one Kobe black. Um, We haven't talked about him quite as much. I'm not sure why, but I know that they really want him. I know why he hasn't done an interview in uh, in a year. He just I, I caught him in okay. other yeah. than that. He it's not that he's not a prima donna by any means, but he just he doesn't you know he's just fine with just going about his business. So talk about him then, because uh, we don't know much about him. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, he hasn't he hasn't done interviews. I got him in person at the Under Armour camp in Dallas recently. Great kid, but you know, asked him about hey, is there you know a group of top schools? And he's like he was about to say, and he's like, nah, like I'd rather, you know, I'd, I'd rather not say that. And, you know, just keeps things real close to the vest, but um, great player plays quarterback and running back for, uh, for Connolly as well, but is a stud at, at corner. I mean, he eventually could end up, you know, he's a big kid, could end up being just a really athletic safety. That's good in coverage as well. Um, has an older brother that plays for Oklahoma state. And so, you know, you always see the Cowboys mentioned, I don't think he's going to end up in Stillwater as well. Um, honestly, I don't know where he's going to end up. He's been to Texas A&M recently. He's been to, I know, Ohio State recently. He uh, he likes Alabama. He likes Oklahoma. Um, it's, it's a kid that, you know, I, I don't think, I mean, he's a five-star, and I don't believe, and let me look, I don't believe he has any, yeah, no crystal ball predictions. Nobody is really, weird by this point. Yeah, nobody has a really, you know, great idea of where he's going to end up. But, I mean, the fact that he went and visited Ohio State and spent a whole weekend there. He said his parents were, you know, wanted a chance to go up there. So, you know, that that bodes well for the Buckeyes. But um, but you know, he's one of those guys could have us, you know, every year there's a few of those just, you know, we don't know where they're going when they have their ceremony. And he could be one of those because, you know, he's not he doesn't seem to be leaking anything. And I don't think schools know either. Um, you know, I haven't heard any schools say, Hey, hey, they feel no, great. Or, hey, yeah, yeah, hey, he probably won't end up there or whatever. So right. it'll be interesting, but but real good player, bigger cornerback. Um, How height, weight, when you stood next to him, what, what would you say his real digits are? You know, I, I you know, we have him listed at six foot 190, and I think that's that's about right. Uh, when I, I first made his profile when he was a freshman or maybe an eighth grader because of his brother, and, you know, I had him listed as like 5'9", 150, and then saw him in person. I was like, the first time, as, you know, as a sophomore, I was like, oh, it's way off. You know, he's a bigger kid, you know, a thick kid, uh, 
you know, but he, he, it's not like he's adding a ton of weight. You know, I saw him last year and I saw him this year and, and he still looks about the same. So, you know, I don't think he's one of those going to end up a linebacker or anything like that. Yeah. But, I mean, Jeffrey Akuda was huge too, uh, you know, in high school and ended up, you know, being able, you know, being able to play at that. Yeah. I remember, I remember correctly when we, when we covered the Akuda recruitment, he was listed as a safety for most of the recruitment. Mm-hmm. And obviously he knew, the way to the uh, th- good Lord to a signing bonus that he got was through playing corner and it's oh, yeah. a very good job of that. But literally we, he was listed as safety, I think mm-hmm. up until maybe a month before he committed and was like, no, nah, I'm a corner. But, I think, yeah. I think he kept telling me, you know, change me, change me to corner. Like, right. The way, like, I mean, you're like, you're huge, you know? So I, you know, you don't, you don't expect kids to lose weight in college. You think everybody's going to add 15 pounds of muscle, but I mean, oh, he was just so tender. Well, he could hit now. He could hit like a safety yeah. too. So when you yeah. put the tape on, you weren't like, oh, this is a corner. He hit like a linebacker. Uh, all right, a couple more dudes. I'm not going to talk about everybody just because I don't think their recruitment is necessarily legit. But here's an interesting one, and that's Micah Hudson, wide receiver. So Ohio State, um, I'll say this, and then you can maybe put it in context. We think now we are wide receiver you. Um, they've done an excellent job recruiting wide receivers. And I could go down the anecdotal proof of it. But um, obviously Garrett Wilson was a, was a nice guy out of there. Caleb Burton as well is in the mix. Mm-hmm. Micah Hudson has an offer from Ohio State. Ohio State has a commitment from Jeremiah Smith. There are a lot of people in the crystal balls rolling for Mylon Graham out of Indiana to go to Ohio State. Jeremiah McClellan, a wide receiver out of St. Louis, was crystal ball to Ohio State yesterday by the Fong, which I say usually means the guy's made his first tuition payment. <laughs> um, so that brings us – Ohio State is going to take three or four receivers – so th- what that means now is to take a fourth receiver, assuming they get the crystal ball guys, it would have to be someone of serious ilk. Is Micah Hudson the kind of guy that you think is a take at any time receiver? Yes. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. You take Micah Hudson. Uh, his school. This was actually their technically their first varsity season. Uh, it's a brand new high school, but his coach had been telling me uh, about him as a freshman. So they have this kid that's going to be special. Second, so I was like, new school. You know, they're playing. Right you know, a JV schedule basically. And then, you know, look at the film and he's just dominating, playing running back, playing receiver, playing everything. So this year they get in a real district, uh, you know, against really good competition. And they, uh, I think they went nine and one in the regular season. And, you know, he was a big, uh, a big reason why. I mean, he, yeah, he's an absolute stud. And, you know, we talk about the, the Central Texas and the receiver. It's sort of a perfect storm for Ohio State because, you know, Waco is, is Central Texas. It's not, uh, not that far north of Boston. Uh, I've heard a lot of Ohio State buzz. You know, he, he likes Ohio State. He's a kid that, you know, is is really probably going to take it down to the wire. Right. He's going to look at a lot of factors. But I know that he's got, uh, you know, real strong interest in Ohio State right now. And just sort of that, you know, it, it helps. You know, like I said, he definitely knows who, uh, who the, you know, Garrett Wilson and, the, and those other guys are. Been able to see them uh, do well there. And just, I mean, shoot, Ohio State in general producing all these you know, ridiculous, uh, you know, first round receiver prospects that helps. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, shoot, if Ohio State has three and, and it's signing day, I mean, shoot, if Ohio State has four and it's signing day, I take him because, yeah, he, I mean, he's an absolute stud. I mean, yeah, he's, uh, you know, incredibly athletic, great, you know, fast, great after the catch. I mean, he's, he's going to make a difference somewhere, a big difference somewhere. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's what I was kind of hoping you would say there. Let's. I want to try and put this in context, and I'll, then I'll let you boogie. Ohio State was fighting a little bit of a perception issue, I think. Um, 
this is just my opinion. The, the two losses to Michigan, and then they had kind of a national issue. They played Georgia as tough as anybody did, and I think that kind of got them back on track from a national perspective. But where do you see Ohio State just in the national lexicon? I'm obviously you're talking to people, and there's a word below you that says "buck nuts." And obviously I've told them we're not called buck rational observers for a reason, but where do you put Ohio state in context? Um, you know, so for example, when a, when a great player from Texas gets an offer from Ohio state, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Texas A&M, where do they fit in right now? And yeah, just kind of your national vibe on them from, from the Lone Star state perspective. Uh, I always think of Ohio state as one of the biggest offers, to be honest. Um, that in Alabama, whenever uh, whenever I see a kid either post or tell me about an Ohio State or Alabama offer, I make sure to tell, you know, Bill Corellick or, or Hank South of the Alabama site because I know, you know, that's a big deal. Not a ton of offers go out. Um, and I know that kids think of that as a really big offer. So, you know, that's one, you know, when I see they've, they've you know, uh, over the spring, man, maybe it's about two months ago now, Michigan came to the state of Texas and offered about 20 kids. I I think six or seven different running backs. Ohio State doesn't do that. You know, Ohio State offers because I think they realize that it is more, uh, you know, seen as more prestigious. And as a program, I mean, fan buck nuts, you know, Mm -hmm. they, uh, you know, they live and die by every game. And, you know, the Michigan game was a huge deal. Naturally, I don't think that's the case. I mean, fans don't notice every single game. I mean, Ohio State has been in, you know, been in the playoffs. They're, uh, you know, so I've seen as you know top five national program, and I don't think anything anything this year changed that as all so, at all. So yeah, I I mean I know kids in Texas, like I said, when they get that Ohio State offer, they almost always schedule that trip to yeah. to go up to Columbus and see. And that's not the case with other schools. Really, Alabama is the only one I can think of off the top of my head that kids are like, oh, I need to get out to Tuscaloosa. So you know, even even Georgia, I mean, that Georgia's got that SEC deal where they offer a lot of kids. Yeah. You know, a lot of them and, you know, most of them may not be takes, but, um, but yeah, Alabama and Ohio state are really seen as those prestigious offers that kids need to go see. All right. Let's finish right in your wheelhouse. Texas A&M has been a really, I'll tell you what, been a fun beat to be on the last year, two years. Oh, I've wow. met. No short, well, fun in air. Yeah, that's one way. Not to- a lot of sleep, but a lot of, I guess you have a lot of, I guess the word now is content. So, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Here's what I'm fascinated by, and I think because Ohio State was in the mix with a couple of them, that defensive line they recruited last year, did it have the impact you expected? Um, I've never seen a collection of that level of – maybe Ohio State wide receivers would be the only group that could even challenge that group they got. What's going on with that group? Some of them have already boogied. Um, What was that like, and what do you expect? And kind of take it from there. Oh, I mean, it's just weird, uh, you know, covering recruiting in that class. I mean, that's when AM set the uh, single season, I guess, all-time points, right. record, you know, since uh, what recruiting rankings started in 2001. So they set that and covering that class, it was like every kid they were after, they seemed to get. I mean, they, it was it was easy at that yeah. point. Like, oh, I wonder who they're going to announce for. But yeah, the defensive line group, I mean, they did lose really, though, actually – we're talking about they lost some. That's the one group they didn't. Anthony Lucas did. He was a right. top 50 kid out of Arizona. He he left. I believe he's at USC. But other than that, they didn't lose the defensive lineman. And, and that's why, you know, sort of scary. 
this spring I've been to a few practices and, you know, the offensive line has injuries, sort of a mash unit, but uh-oh. it's just really not fair. I was going to say, uh-oh. That. Yeah. And I mean, you got, you know, uh, Gabriel Brown Lodindi was a five-star. He was injured last year. He's healthy now. I mean, you have a former five-star. He, uh, he was a top 10 player in the country and he's running with the threes right now. I mean, it's just a really, really good group. I mean, they have. Levius Overton. Yeah. LT Overton. I mean, he's. I mean, there were there are times when he lines up at linebacker. I mean, he's a big kid, and he's you know out there doing pursuit drills at linebacker. I mean, it's just uh, you know it's a ridiculously talented group. And I, you know, the, anywhere in the trenches in the SEC is tough as yep. a true freshman to play. Uh, Walter Nolan did have a big impact last year. Uh, ended up starting, but other than that, you know, the guys really didn't. But I do think uh, this year you're going to see a lot from that. I mean, the whole de- the defense as a whole should be better. I mean, this was an awful year for A and M. Uh, in 2022 the defense as a whole should be better but the defensive line especially i mean it's yeah it's it's a ridiculously talented it does look like an ohio state wide receiver it's room. incredible it was an incredible i mean i'm sure you got all the nil guff when they were being signed yeah um offensively let's just finish it up with texas and i know you guys lose devin a chain hopefully to the dallas cowboys but um where do you see texas a as a whole this year jimbo's kind of a, been a lightning rod figure obviously his saving ish chatter last year certainly amped that but he's been a lightning rod wherever he's gone um it does seem like you can't get if you ask someone about Jimbo Fisher you rarely get a vanilla answer some people think he's excellent some people you know what I'm saying some yeah. coaches they'll play it down the middle I think with Jimbo I get the sense that it's either love or hates a little bit strong but I mean he's got an incredible track record he was a quarterback guru for a while where is Jimbo kind of in his scale and then how do you see Texas A&M doing this year? Uh, I, I mean, Jimbo has to win this year. Um, you know, you can't have another five and five and seven year. Uh, I know he's got that long contract, but I think he would be miserable. You know, my guess, if it's something, if it's not a great season again, I think he's miserable, you know, at that point. And I think A&M, they would probably come to some kind of reduced agreement. That's just my guess. But uh, this year, a lot of it's actually going to depend on Bobby Petrino. Jimbo was uh, sort of forced to give up play calling duties. I think he probably would have preferred hiring an OC that would have let him, you know, still be very, very involved. But, you know, Bobby Petrino, A&M had, had gone after him. He had decided to take the job at UNLV. And then they went, you know, circled back and, and came back in. I think the second time they talked was, hey, giving Petrino a lot more freedom. So, you know, the offense is his. So it's going to be really interesting. And I think it, it really just depends on, how the players take to his offense. You know, I've heard good feedback coming from, you know, coming from the the players' camp, and they have a veteran coming back now. Connor Wigman, he was a five star true freshman, ended up starting the end of last year. They've got him coming back. Really, other than a chain, they have almost the entire offense coming back. Yep. Um, like at the combine, they only had three players total, and two of them were defense. So, yeah, nineteen starters. So, yeah, you have the entire offense coming back. So, uh, you know, they should be a lot better than last year. What happens? I don't know. A&M, A&M never – the preseason expectations, if they're good or bad, they usually do the opposite. So yeah. I have no idea what – and that's from even before Jimbo. That's a Sumlin, a slow, R.C. Slocum, and that's, that's gone back forever. So, I mean, who knows? But they, they have the talent on paper to be, to be a lot better this year. Texas A&M, though, to me, is one of those teams they have enough talent. If they get off to a good start and stay healthy, they are an anything-is-possible team now. Uh, National championship may be a stretch, but I don't think they'll go five and seven this year. I, I think that would be that would shock me. But we really appreciate Brian stopping by. This is the reason 24-7 sports is what it is, not just the expertise, but the salary cap that we can go into. When we miss a guy like Wilt Fong, we can go into Texas 
and get someone off the high price list like Brian Peroni. Brian, we appreciate you stopping by, man. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks. All right. Let's uh, let Brian boogie here. All right. Let me try and take some of these questions here that you people have given. Let's first take a quick break to pay a couple podcast. Podcast? I'm not sure what that is. Podcast bills. 23. Okay, a couple quickies. Sammy Brown. Let's talk about Sammy Brown. Linebacker out of Georgia. I have a very good vibe about Peyton Pierce. I don't have a great vibe on Sammy Brown, though. I think he's incredible. You've all heard me talk about his wrestling and track exploits. I would be shocked if he did not end up at Georgia or Clemson. Um, get Bryce West, KJ Bolden, Aaron Scott, and Lockhart. That would be a DBI. Okay, we need to get Bryce West and Aaron Scott for sure, the two in-state guys that were on campus yesterday. KJ Bolden is related to Perry Eliano. I kind of think that would make us have a chance with him and – those would be the guys to go with. And then Kobe Black, I would think, would also be in the mix. Let's check this out. There's a lot of talk about C.J. Hicks on here. I don't think anybody is going to be happy until C.J. Hicks is a starter. you got to remember, though, that when Steel Chambers and Eichenberg decided to come back, Tommy, those spots are filled. Um He's going to have to be better than those guys to get on the field. Now, I'm sure they will have some packages to get him on there, and we've all heard about them getting Sonny Styles on the field in different packages. But Sonny's in a different position group. I think it's a little bit easier to move a safety around than it is one of your linebackers. Oh, hello. Yeah, I think we need to give them a chance to get these guys on the field. Um, as Brian was saying about Texas – and uh, playing in the SEC, Texas A&M, it's hard to get on the field as a freshman, man. It's just very, very hard. So uh, let's adjust our expectations. I have no doubt that C.J. Hicks and Sonny Styles um, would be tremendous uh, additions uh, to, the, to the lineup and will be eventually. Brass tacks. They are talking about making Carrico a fullback. That's, of course, Reed Carrico from Ironton. We heard he was going to be in the mix last year. And that didn't happen. Ohio State's a tough spot to play football, man. There's a chance you're going to get recruited above. I mean, if you look at the receivers in the class they, they took before this one, before the Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, I mean, a lot of those guys are going to have trouble and uh, are going to be on, on watch. So we shall see. All right. Well, I'm going to take one more question. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Safety inspector Hickman was more of the problem than Eichenberg. I know everybody is upset with the way. Oh, here's a good one. I'd let KJ Bolden play wherever you want to. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, they may offer that. To do both when you get there, very, very difficult. Um, I see KJ Bolden more as just a defensive back. If we need to tell him receiver to get him here, I'm not against that. 
All right, we're going to cut it off there, 26 minutes, and uh, we appreciate you stopping by. Hopefully, we got a sense of what's going on in Texas. We've done that with Florida. We've probably got to do it with California as well. Again, Ohio State has over 100 offers out, but Georgia, Florida, and Texas have more offers out than Ohio. Ohio's actually tied for fourth with California with 10 offers, so. Are we on Commitment Watch? KJ Nolan coming later of the week, possibly. We hope. Keep it locked in here, Bucknutters. Have a good one.